0: Hey there, welcome to Why We Roll, a tabletop role-playing game design podcast.
1: We're your hosts, Chris Pickett, creator of the historical fantasy game Dance Macabre, and Wythe Marshall, creator of the political sci-fi game Still Fleet.
0: Throughout the show, Chris and Wythe hope to amplify new creative voices. We'll chat with different TTRPG designers focusing on the world of indie games.
1: We take a curious approach to game design, working through a range of mechanical and narrative questions that are pertinent to many designers, players, and GMs.
0: We hope to showcase fresh and even challenging ideas about what makes imagination based games just so powerful.
1: Okay, let's find out why we roll. Okay, all right, I believe we are live. All right. What's up, Chris? Not much, Wythe. How are you doing? Okay. Uh how you been? You... Uh, uh, I've been better, uh, but I am I'm happy to report that uh my partner and I, Jen, are on the mend from a week long bout with COVID. Um luckily my voice is back, luckily my mind is back as well, <laughs> and uh yeah, ready to ready to get back into some still fleet.
0: Aye. Uh yeah, well I'm very glad that you're feeling better and yeah, happy to jump back in. It's been a bit of a break, um, obviously for the stream, but for the, the pod uh won't won't feel like a break. So yeah. that's that's one good thing about time. Uh and yeah, we were just remarking before we dive in that um we don't totally remember all the details of where we left off, which is totally fine. Uh and so we're just gonna kinda pick it up and continue uh this this game and uh you know we can always um you know pivot and take it in other directions. So <laughs> thanks Absolutely. for thanks for rolling with me. Um this is why GM should always take copious copies notes and not assume, you know, like, oh we'll play again in two weeks. <laughs> uh so yeah. So why don't we start off with um I mean I can intro you know the game and, and where we are in like time and space. Um and then we can get a perspective on maybe your character and, and what you've been up to so far. Uh, and then we will um, we will resume sort of real time play from there. How does that that sound?
1: That sounds great. Let's go for it. Okay.
0: Awesome. So um, the game is Stillfleet. It's a political science fiction RPG uh, at its weirdest, and basically the idea is you work for the worshipful company of Stillfleeters, uh, which is very greedy and exploits various planets and uh, derelict space stations throughout the void. Uh, and in this scenario, uh, we have one void miner. Usually, there would be a team. In this case, this is a special mission where there's just one uh, person being sent, um, whose name is Farm, being played by Chris. So, Chris, do you want to introduce sort of who Farm is?
1: Yeah, uh, Farm is a, a Morgul Razi. So, Morgul or um, what? What's the other? What's the colloquial name? Mornfolk. Yeah, yeah. Mornfolk. Yeah. So, yeah, Morgul or Mornfolk are semi-inorganic beings from the planet of Giju, uh, most of which have left the planet, but they are basically the aftermath of a, a planet-wide war um, where they've sworn off war and those kinds of conflicts and the differences, difference, that uh, marks two different people. Um, and yeah, they're basically they're twin-headed, Janus-faced blue elves, uh, made out of uh, nanites, as I understand them. Um, Sparm in particular, is a translator, uh, somewhat works as a little bit of a diplomat on uh, on Spindle, um, but their kind of primary job with the Co is as a Razi, so they act as a scout, kind of first into uh, new territories, and Sparm is particularly interested in bridging the language gap between you know, spindle between the co and any new or strange species that they might meet out in the void. Um, Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, Yeah. And this venture, it makes sense wise farm was uh, sort of chosen for this because um, a, a high up person, the company has gone missing on Giju in an area that's considered dangerous and the company wants you to, uh, you know, get them, get them back. Uh, and so it makes sense. Um, this is also possibly, you know, politically sensitive. So that's why they, I guess, don't want to send a team. So we did uh, sort of a first half um, in real life uh, several weeks ago now. So <laughs> that's kind of the barrier we're running into. with, like, oh, yeah, wait, yeah. T- who took notes on what? Um, so Sfarm, uh, let me add to the stream a map of Giju, the sort of moss planets. So this is a temperate Earth-like planet with one very large continent um, the company is really only explored part of that is uh, covered in mostly in forests of moss or in um, grassy sort of uh, rocky mountains. And uh, this is where the Sapphire Elves once lived. I mean, whatever these organisms were, they sort of have a humanoid body plan now, but they are made entirely of nanites, of blue glittering kind of wires of crystal that can form and reform. Uh, and they do not age. And the Sapphire Elves had this terrible civil war. Most of them um, became mourn folks. They merged, became sort of two people as one and then left the planet. Uh, but a few have stayed behind and they basically stayed behind to destroy anyone who might have advanced technology that would lead to uh, essentially big genocidal civil wars in the future. So they pretty much uh, would kill anyone from the company sort of on site. Um, there's other sapiens that are native to this planet. For the south, uh, there are lots of essentially frog-like sapiens called Mulricks, Uh, And the company didn't really know that and was basically um, destroying their habitat, stealing their land. Uh, and then has, you know, unintentionally uh, now has this huge conflict with them. So that is sort of a political backdrop to this planet.
1: Typical. Typical imperialist <laughs> capitalism
0: typical and uh and also funny in that um yeah you are in a weird position i, I guess funny yeah. in a, in the sense of like interesting noir because you are kind of an ex sapphire elf who hasn't been on planet for a long time except as a worker for this company right and presumably you want to um prevent you know massive conflicts and violence and such um i guess that's up to you uh so the stiff works the time space gate that allows travel to this planet from Spindle, the alien space station that the company is headquartered on is the Hedera gate in Middle Moss. So in this low, very vast um, area covered in um, in essentially very, very large mosses. So like if you imagine like a hedge maze where it's not like a tall forest of redwoods. So there's not like a lot of shadows, but when you're in it, you can't really see that far because there's plants like all around you. So it's sort of like that for um, just hundreds of kilometers in a row. Uh, and you have traveled sort of on the beaten path, and then I think through the hills and got to this smaller area called Paltmoss, that is um, on the hills looking up into this very high plateau called uh, In-Sapphire Elf, uh, some unpronounceable sounds, uh, Yuzich Tsawaran, the elf crypts. And somewhere in the elf crypts, your erstwhile boss is uh, doing something and um chris do you want to sort of pick up with like what did sfarm find at the end of last
1: venture? yeah so coming into uh the elf crypt i'm not i'm not going to try to pronounce that because it's uh <laughs> bit of a <laughs> <If> the, joke <laughs> yeah if the creator says it's unpronounceable then i'm not even going to go for it uh, but yeah coming coming into the elf crypt kind of on the on the border of the pult moss and the elf crypt uh, sfarm while spe- scouting around, found a party of the uh, the Molochs, the the basically toad or frog people, um, who seem to also be looking for farm's target, for lack of a better term, uh, who is a Gelasti subdirector with the Co, uh, who has uh, gone gone rogue. Uh, we don't know why the subdirector is on the planet. Um, but these uh, these Molochs did refer to somebody, I think they called them the Pink One, um, which, you know, most Gelasti as kind of like goo based salamander ish <laughs> creatures tend to be pink, as I understand, pink kind of fuchsia. Um, so, yes, farm approached these Molochs, hoping that there could be some kind of communication, some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of bridge built there. Uh, but failed at communicating very well and was attacked on site. Um, then captured, netted by the Molochs, and uh, met with their... Say it one more time for me. It's uh, Spark... Spark?
0: Oh, Sparkseer is the
1: Sparkseer. title of their
0: their leader. They're sort of, there's yeah. a priest kind of character who is in charge of this, this group.
1: There we go. Um, yeah, I, I keep on wanting to say Spark-sphere, but I know that that's wrong, so it's really... It's tripping me up but uh the spark seer uh then tried to basically read Swarm's mind Swarm resisted because the co doesn't want anyone to know that they're on the planet and uh i guess you know Swarm's trying to kind of keep a keep an air of mystery be like maybe maybe i'm a sapphire elf who who isn't a part of the co and so resisted successfully and then got knocked out at the end of our <laughs> last session. So things are not looking up for Swarm um or either of their personalities uh right now.
0: Right, right. And do you do you have do you want to say um it by means of like flashback, like what are what are Swarm's constituent selves like? Are they just the same person sort of different moods or is it like two different
1: people for Swarm? I would say it's it's the same person, but maybe just different aspects of the same person. Um, so, you know, like Janice face number one, which maybe is like the left face, you know, stage left face. Um, I I almost imagine it as like left brain, right brain a little bit, even though, you know, that's not really a thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, like the, the left face is a little bit more analytic, a little bit more uh, facts based. And most of the kind of like emotional content that Swarm puts out into the world or emotional reactions that they put out into the world tend to come from the right face instead of the left. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, one one being, one mind, one person, but just a, a division in in how they present themselves outwardly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I've left it. We've left it open on purpose. So people have run mm-hmm. very different versions of Mournfolk, um, which I think is part of the. The fun of, of speculative, you know, of creating species and whatever monsters that are aliens that are actually reflections on people. and Absolutely. So you get sort of um, the origins of consciousness and the breakdown of the bicameral mind idea that everyone is actually two people in your brain, and they're just stitched together by this sort of thin webbing that doesn't mm-hmm. always work, right? Um, or you get, you know, completely different takes on, on this concept. So um, that makes well, sense. And you oh, know, go more, ahead.
1: Morgul are not a monolith, so... That should be it should be put out
0: there. <laughs> Nothing is a monolith uh, to me, um, <laughs> except for yeah.
1: monoliths, of course.
0: Yeah, well, I guess yeah, uh, Menhirs and yeah hinges, I guess are <laughs> monoliths, um, and we can change stuff too. So you know, if spark sphere sounds better than spark seer, uh, we could just change it.
1: Um, I, well, spark spark sphere doesn't make sense in the context, but yeah, spark seer is it's great.
0: Maybe it's actually just like a you know, a round robot that the, the Mulrug, um, they worship, worship or Like, yeah. Like we interact with And are like, yeah, this is like a very useful, immortal, smart being. So (laughs) our priest class is is drones. Um, no, yeah. It could be sparks here. Um, so I believe the refactors name, do you, does this sound right based on your memory? Since neither of us apparently, I, I really don't know what happened to my notes. I know I wrote this somewhere. Yeah. Is uh, Shrashun full of Zay
1: or shrashan I believe that's the refactor who gave me the mission. Who gave who
0: gave you the mission. the mission? That's that is a canonically in my head a Gelasti refactor. So I thought that okay. was the person for whom you're looking, but I could be. I I should have just uh,
1: rewatched. Uh. Well, I I. Recently edited that episode and listened to all of this, so I'm really I should be the one to remember, but I'm, it's it's a it's a blank right now. Okay. Um,
0: well, for ease of being able to run this game, do you want to go with Shroson is the person, or do you Let's, think that yeah. is
1: okay? Yeah, Shroson sounds great.
0: And if you know what, if we listen back, it'll be like a weird test. If we're totally wrong, if I'm totally wrong, uh, my <laughs> bad, and we'll have to like do punch ins for every single time we say this person's name. It'll be really weird um okay so you are looking for a Gelasti refactor named russian um who is on this planet i believe you did get one clue which you haven't mentioned um i think which was that they were uh they're very interested in um sapphire elf uh, architect and advanced you know technologies um that might be available in the elf crypts so that was one potential reason um or I forget that might have also been something that was implied you should be on the lookout for, but I think that was like another thing in play along with the the political situation with the Mulricks.
1: No, yeah, that was uh that was something that the refractor refractor who gave me the mission told me. Uh okay. I do I do remember that because I, I made a check or a roll to see if there was like anything under the surface that she wasn't sharing with me. And we kind of got got that out of her.
0: Excellent. Um, and then I guess another thing to mention is just that the Pulp Moss is really far north. It's past the human and Wayton inhabited part of the planet, which is really just this valley, the Keening Swale. Um, and it's far from um, Lercla, the, the traditional home of the Mulricks. So uh, this warband is not um, probably from here. It's a little cool and a little dry on this side of the elf crypts. Um, and on the other side, while it's nice and wet, uh, it is also home to the most sapphire elves. So it is not a place the bulwarks normally go. So, okay, Sfarm. You awaken. Uh, oh, no. Slowly, maybe you could describe how coming to consciousness feels for a being made of nanites that is kind of <laughs> biologically immortal and actually two people <laughs> whose consciousness <laughs> has been melted, but you wake up. Um, it is night on Giju. You are still outside. You have been dragged not deeper to the pulp moss, still are kind of around the edge um, and up the hill, you are now like at the foot of the Alfcrips proper. So there's red, not sheer cliffs, but like pretty steep. Um, and it, it's not really a mountain range. It is like a big plateau. So it's kind of like red rock with little plants covering it in bits. Uh, and uh, at night, it's all just kind of shades of purple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, sloping upward and goes up and up and up. Uh, And then you can vaguely see that at the top, you know, it's it's and it doesn't go up like big, jagged peaks. It just kind of um, flattens off Uh, and you uh, your limbs are bound with hemp and, you know, plant rope Mm -hmm. Um, and any stuff you had that was not like secret uh, has been taken and and bagged um, Mm -hmm. in a big waterproof kind of webbing bag. Um, which is actually made from uh some sort of like decellularized um lily pad. So it's like a um a whole bunch of lily pad uh skeletons basically mm-hmm. um that have been woven together to make this really tight netting uh of cellulose that, that has your stuff in it around the shoulder of one of the mulrooks. Uh and they are slowly um making their way, you know, toward a location uh and now seem to just be waiting again. So they were kind of waiting, now they're just waiting again. Do you want to do anything when you come to, you're really only being guarded by one person who has your stuff and the others are off to the side. Um, and there are, in addition to the sparks here, uh, there are seven more.
1: In this group. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about how con- coming back into consciousness would work. I almost imagine that states of unconsciousness for, uh, for Morgul, is like static on a television, you know, or like <laughs> yeah. just kind of like not nothing. Like there's always some kind of activity, uh, but you wouldn't have like sleep or REM the way that that humans or or you know like carbon-based life forms from Earth tend to have. Uh, but instead, yeah, it would just kind of be this like static uh, or like television snow kind of thing happening, and then as things kind of like come back. Online, Let's say I almost imagine it being like, you know how octopuses or octopi, however you prefer to say it um, Can sense light in like from the cells on their arms um, And like some people say that they can even see uh, In a kind of very rudimentary way. I almost imagine it kind of being like that where it's like the world kind of like blooms Mm -hmm. uh, back into sensation uh, but it's it's happening on like a a, a microcellular or a, a nanite level uh, as a kind of like chain reaction where it's like blooming back into perception for Spharm. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. I imagine I... it's uh, it's like you're it's like in a video game when it loads, uh, and especially there's a certain <laughs> yeah. era of video games that this happened when certain features like the base architecture would load in immediately, and then slowly other stuff would populate. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I like that actually. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, one thing I did while while sick is starting to play Elden Ring again because I was sad and sick, and I was like, "This is something I don't have to think about." Um, and that that game is, you know, it's a next gen game, but it, that game is so huge that there are models and elements that don't load right away. So you have to kind of like wait for things to materialize, but they do it in this weird ghostly way that's actually yeah, thematic yeah. to the game. It's yeah. I mean, if there's any Elden Ring fans out there, and you Go to see eg the smith but he's not there right away but then he kind of like materializes you know what we're talking about yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> very
0: so specific. i think i think that makes sense um and i think the chromata for example and all the ideas uh, from from octopodes yes. to, to other just forms of being i mean yeah it's like even though at some point for some reason in the archivist debate why this is a lot of these organisms have a humanoid body plan and that is they assume it has to do with human meddling of some kind
1: mm-hmm.
0: um or some human, or, you know, diaspora. But regardless, it's sort of um, lost to time. And uh, now many beings, like, especially, I think, beings, you know, comprising um, nanites, uh, wouldn't necessarily see just, like, with just their two eyes, because they would have, right, these little sensors that can sense like light or color or something and, and you know how exactly that would work we could figure out but um yeah you slowly the video game around you you know becomes very high res and you understand that you're kind of captive but it does seem very chill it seems like they are more bored now mm-hmm. um and everyone seemed more on edge when the spark seer was going to uh, basically read your mind with uh the hell science and the fact yeah. that they were unable to has sort of um was kind of a null result for them they're like ah whatever so yeah you're not currently like getting beaten up or anything uh you're clocked over the head we can say you know that i forget if you have the damage written down i do yeah. um uh, okay otherwise i was gonna say it just you know it equals out but uh but yeah whatever you wrote down is, is canon um clearly yeah uh so what do you want to do
1: i think just for a moment Svarm is going to just kind of like try to survey the situation you know they they can sense or they see that only one Morok is is guarding them, uh, but maybe they want to try to sharpen some of their hearing or see if they can pick up any scraps of conversation. Sure. Um, again, like, the language that they're speaking isn't something that Svarm knows well, but there is some spin and there is some, um, I think, tech, techno elf machina. There's some elf machina that's been kind of, like, woven in just because the way language works. So, uh, yeah, I think Svarm wants to try to, like, Get a sense of where they are, but not really make it known that they're back to consciousness or or whatever equivalent they have.
0: Great. Why don't you roll a will to perceive, um, okay. since you're not trying to figure out anything particular that would require, you know, specialist knowledge. This is more just feeling vibes. Gotcha.
1: Uh, yeah, so my will is a d12, and then I get a plus two to these rolls um, for some reason. I don't remember why. <laughs> might be a hustle or a, a power of some kind. He might
0: have a power. I don't know.
1: I'd have I think to look it's it uh, Yeah, I think it's a power that I have. Um, but yeah, all right, let's go for it. Uh, cool, so I got a nine.
0: Great. Uh, so generally in Still Fleet, you want to get a six or higher. Um, if it's not stated otherwise, you just want to get a six or higher. Um, often you're rolling against someone, but with Will Perceive, you're generally not rolling against someone unless there there is a sneaking entity who is world move to establish a a sneak score Um, so in your case uh, you definitely you know nine is quite high so you you um perceive everything with your you know extra human uh sensorium and you uh you can see that a figure is approaching picking their way down among red rocks shaded violet by the dark although it's not really dark because uh has a lot of moons there's several small moons um which is one feature. So, so there's a number of reasons why on a few of these planets um, there's not a lot of sailing. Um, and one issue is just if the planet has different satellites that pull uh, tides uh, in weird directions and cause you know um, cause very vari- variable coastlines where you know it's like the Bay of Fundy but everywhere um, mm-hmm. it makes it it can make it harder. So uh, yeah, it's it's actually not that dark, but I mean it's it's you know as dark as it gets. You're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and you see the figure approaching is pretty short. It's wearing like a cloak um, that looks pretty well made. Um, and as they approach down toward the, the path, the spark seer gets up and kind of looks at everyone else and they everyone sort of stands at attention. The one person who's not really looking is the guard on you who does sort of stand a bit straighter uh, but is more concerned with making sure you don't escape. So has, you know, uh, uh, a sword, um, you know, basically out and... On, near you at all times sort of v- v- vaguely menacing um everyone else is ready to greet the hooded figure It comes closer and closer is about the size of a mulrook, uh, maybe slighter in build um and there are some words exchanged in one of the many mutually impenetrable um languages law, uh, and you have no idea what they're saying it sounds basically like frog croaking mm-hmm. um, with a lot of sort of modulated like uh, like scales, you know, like, um, so d- not like a frog sound exactly, but using sort of those vocal abilities. And finally, um, the hood comes down and you see before you an aging Gelasti. Uh This is oh. Refactor Shashun, um, and she's come to meet uh, the the Mulricks. Uh And okay. her version of their language sounds quite different but uh you know passing through the cavity of a giant single celled essentially a pink amoeba that is vaguely axolotl shaped uh and stands upright uh but it it's works well enough um and they also exchange some of the words you know they're now speaking kind of a pigeon of, of spin as well uh and she gestures at you and eventually they they bring you forward and you know basically are trying to help you stand up straight and address uh, Shrashun so is that uh, you know what is your comportment here are you like sullen eager what's your
1: vibe I think Swarm's vibe is uh, is participatory but stoic you know it's like I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna give any resistance but just like trying to kind of keep everything on the inside not trying to show surprise or or any kind of emotional state just like okay this is happening
0: okay um, Shashun looks at you, notices, you know, that you're alive, you're basically fine, and asks, you know, um, <clears throat> well, what, uh, what ails you? Are you, are you feeling all right, Void Miner?
1: Uh, Svarm blinks slowly and says, thank you for your, are they a subdirector or a, uh, um,
0: uh, refactor? They're, they're a high level refactor, refactor, but not a, yeah, not a director.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Svarm blinks slowly. All all four eyes kind of blink slowly and takes in uh, Shroshin and says, we appreciate your concern, Refractor. Uh, all seems well. All systems check well. <laughs> um, yeah, it took a little bit of damage last time. I do have a, qu- a quick question. Uh, uh-huh. Is my grit still decreased or is that...
0: Uh, so that is a good question. I guess we could say, so did you, you did not sleep and recover pool last game, right? No. No. Okay. So why don't we say, so let's back up a little and say you slept and recovered pool, uh, in the period of being knocked out between these two games. Does that make sense? Okay. Sure. So pool recovery is pretty simple. It's more complicated than some other roles by still fleet standards, but still pretty simple, which is you roll, uh, your movement plus your will plus your level. And that is the amount of pool you recover in total. So that can be applied to grit or health, however you want. So you put it all in grit, all in health, however you want to do it. um, That's your pool. Uh, So you should recover at least three, right?
1: Yeah, at least three. Um, I rolled a 12 and a 6, which is pretty good. Uh, Yeah. um, So that's 18... Plus one, your first level? Plus one, yeah, plus one. So 19 total. Um, I had 11 grit. And does this go over the total that you had from before, or is that kind of a max?
0: Yeah, this is just natural sleep. So um, basically anything else that gives you grit or health generally, unless it says otherwise, could put you over, because it's like uh, you know, doing drugs, et cetera, but, um, normal, just sleeping and eating, um, only refills you up to your max. So if you're at max for both, then, then great. I'm not sure, but you may be
1: close. Uh, yeah, that puts me at max for both.
0: Great. So you actually feel fine despite, you know, having been bonked over the head in whatever way. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're not actually harmed too badly. So the, the Mulricks have, have not, you know, tried to like disassemble you or chop off a limb or something. Um,
1: yeah uh so yeah they swarm says to the refractors uh, we we have not been abused by our captors um
0: e- excellent uh, I'm sorry that you've had to deal with this um you must excuse my sudden absence from my desk uh you've probably been sent here because of me, I take it
1: indeed, we have mm. your uh it is... your what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, your underling was quite anxious to have you return to Spindle.
0: Mm-hmm. It is unfortunate that it takes uh, the abduction of or evacuation of a of a refactor in order to have the company consider reconsider its its stance on Kishu. It is um, you may know you have maybe are not back often, but it, it is a, a wonderful place. But. Now, things are quite tense, things are not not well, Uh, and um, I would like to highlight and change that fact. Uh, In any event, um, we are here for a very specific reason, uh, which will hopefully uh, change the course of history on Guizhou in a positive direction. Uh, However, um, I must assess your interest in my project here uh, before we go further. So, um, do you have a sense of the conflict with the Mulrooks and where you stand? She's clearly kind of Uh, testing, you know, like, what is your, what are your, like, political convictions about your old home
1: planet here? Sure, yeah, um, Svarm, again, trying to kind of, like, you know, keep cards to the chest a little bit, but, uh, or to the vest, I don't remember how that saying goes, um, says... We were sent away from Giju many, many years ago before the uh, before the Morocks began to expand their territories in the south, and we've been away translating and on missions for the Co ever since. Um, we have not heard any news recently, but tend to look upon the Molrocks favorably as long as they are left alone and do not organize too much to create more strife.
0: Hmm. We uh, we understand that you feel you have a neutral position in the matter, having been away from Giju for the most part for centuries now. However, uh, the situation is more dire than you may realize, with the company not only bringing many humans and waitons, but many, many Harajun uh, from their homeworld to settle on Giju in the south uh, and displacing many Molruks. Uh, and while the bands, the pond churches, have not all aligned to form one. Nation. Uh, there are leaders who understand the need to show strength, essentially, to show that they are willing to discuss terms and share the Keening Swale and even this South. However, uh, not solely on the company's terms. And I will be the first to admit in me, they have found an ally. I will bring to the company a big deal and try to negotiate with them. So let me ask, is that something you would be interested in doing? Helping negotiate a better deal for the Morrocks, let's say.
1: Mm. Um Svarm takes a moment to think about it and says um, it seems that if it would avoid future conflict between the Morrocks and the Co, then it seems like it would be a benefit to all parties involved. And if it means allowing the Morrocks to live peacefully and for the co to continue their, their business. I almost said exploitation. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to put my own personal feelings aside from the characters, uh, which might, which are changing, I will say. Um, uh, but yeah, if it, if it allows the co to continue their, their business here on the planet, but no blood has to be spilled and no, uh, no mistakes of the past have to be revisited. Then I, I could see myself supporting your cause.
0: Oh, oh, oh! Yes, yes, yes! And they tries. She tries to get the Mulricks kind of excited, and there's the Sparks here, sort of enforces with the shake of a, a fist, some um, half enthusiastic, like here, here. Um, and, uh, some, some croaking and they all look back to Shreshun and nods and says, all right, it is time to tell you then, uh, how we will enforce peace. Uh, war is coming to the South, uh, from the company against the Mulricks already. It is already here under other names. Uh, we must show that, um, they will negotiate on equal terms. Uh, and in order to do that, they must be armed with more than, frankly, uh, second-rate, you know, company-stolen goods. Uh, They they must have some upper hand. Uh, There is, in the Elf Crypt, a vault of nanotechnology, which is fabulous and beyond our ability to recreate. Uh, And as your people gave up technology, wiped your drives clean, whatever you did,
1: uh, it
0: is beyond your your kin as well, I take it. Uh, Unless I am wrong. Uh, My... Morgul compatriot. Uh, therefore, my, we must uh, enter the elf crypts. Okay.
1: Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, my nanites still speak the language of elf machina, uh, but it is, is mere whisper compared to the chorus that it once was.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, you, however, understand. You can hear the whisper, just as the spark seers can use their abilities to... to touch the the sparks in the sky, call to the stars to to feel things. Uh, And just as our comrades in the Archivist and and my personal interest in the afdeling of the worlds has been to um, uh, work with technologists of various sorts and assess um, ambient nanotechnological uh, levels and threats and whatnot. So we all come to this great game uh, from different positions. The point is we must find some sort of equalizing weapon or defensive system to help the Mulrooks uh, succeed in their cause. And I believe I have found what is needed. However, it is not unguarded uh, by the so-called away keepers of the Sapphire Elves, uh, those who would prevent uh, any from benefiting from their advanced technologies of the past. Uh, Why they haven't wiped it out entirely, the Archive only assumes is because of the possibility of essentially future threats that equal uh, or even overcome their, their own capabilities, so they want to have something on hand as a sort of backup. Uh, we would like to steal that backup, and you are now uh, more or less uh, obliged to help us, or else, of course, <laughs> overcome us by force. And at that point, all the Morix kind of circle up around you and are all like, okay, is this person going like, to lash out? Like, What's going on here? Um
1: yeah, Svarm says we we see um we cannot condone the proliferation of weapons on this planet, given our our own civilizations uh toward history. But if this will lead to peace, as you say it will, and given that we seem to have very little choice otherwise. Um, we will assist you in this task. We will apply ourselves in whatever way you see best. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Then we will all march up into, and then she says it perfectly, which, um, your character, I think would be able to say and understand, uh, sure. but whatever Y Y Z S C H sounds like followed by, uh, you know, huh. Sitch on, um, and uh, you know, she suggests that um, everyone be as quiet as possible. Um, and she describes what she has seen exploring with a cloak. Uh, you get you gather that she has some sort of advanced nanotech, um, architect that is this helping her uh, travel. Um, not like in disguise, but in a way, you know, sort of uh, create like a mirrored effect. Like she's hard to see with a, with a cloak on unless she wants to be seen. Sure, uh, yeah. She's got some active camo. Uh, and so she's gone up and found based on field reports from other operators, you know, that she's compiled other void miners. She's found this specific crypt of the away keepers in the larger, you know, elf crypts and who knows exactly what, how these, what complexes lie in the, buried inside the plateau and how they're connected. But she knows of basically one cave entrance into um, a once advanced, you know, it's probably a piece of a Sapphire elf city that's been repurposed as just like a vault. And it is not protected actively by Sapphire elves necessarily, but the Waykeepers sometimes send the the group of them that actively like do stuff, uh, who are called the Doom Reapers. And so sometimes they are Doom Reapers like checking up, but usually there's no one there. The issue is that the thing that the thing that Shashun wants you to steal, um, she describes in very vague terms. It's basically like um, a plastic looking uh cube full of blue goo that's kind of vaguely moss like also it's kind of like a mix of like a liquid and like a jello thing and like moss that is a bunch of nanites that can basically that are meant to sort of enter an ecosystem and fortify it um and so it would be very useful to bring to the swamps and learn how to use strategically and would help the Mulrucks. Um, sort of like set traps or take down traps. It's sort of like an animate the moss to become the the swamp plants to become like kind of like giant uh, swamp thing kind of constructs. Cool. Um, So it is invaluable and advanced and pretty dangerous, but she's also confident and the spark seer on hand is confident that there, there is capability to like figure this out. The issue is that some of it has gotten out and animated a bunch of plants around the entrance to the cave. So as you get closer, you're going to have to, like, figure out a way to, like, put those down or do something to them. Um, And she describes in sort of she's she's now seems a little shook. So she describes kind of rapidly, but like in whispering as you're as you're walking deeper into the hills, um, you know, kind of you'll notice just a glitter of blue, like a glint of blue out of the corner of your eye. And then a sort of protoplasmic just mass, like a wave of moss will form a thing and kind of be upon you uh so you know she's not sure the best way to proceed but she asks you how you feel given that these mulricks are essentially highly trained but have really only lived in a very different environment and have no particular um you know like special tech they don't really have any like class powers that would help here um right. other than obviously the spark seer uh, can read minds um but the fighters are pretty good at fighting, but they're used to, like, fighting kind of, like, buried up to their eyes in the water, jumping out and stabbing dudes. They're not used to, like, fighting waves of nanotech, like, moss ghosts. So yeah. she's, she's sort of asking for you as the most tactically advanced person on hand to, like, make, make the call, like, lead the team.
1: Um, so the first thing that Svarm asked for is for their equipment back to just to say that uh you know if you wish for us to complete this mission we will need to arm ourselves in case there is danger
0: oh yes 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 oh oh and they they gather everything and make sure that it's all like they, they like uh, have a system for making sure uh you know it's like tagged um I think they tag they they correspond to like spots on their on their like flesh they're like okay we have like each of the things and give nice. you back each item one by one um almost all of them like touch each item and you get the sense that this is like a you're you're like part of the group now
1: okay very cool um does, it, does there seem to be any way of like communicating thanks or anything like that that they would kind of grasp
0: uh, yeah, you can have quickly learned, uh, you know. Thanks, like yes, no. I think those would be the words that you would you would have figured out. So,
1: cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Swarm croaks uh, a thank you to the, the, <laughs> the mocks. <monarchs. laughs> I
0: think they all they all look like that, and one of them is, is like explains, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're welcome."
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It comes out as kind of like a, a almost like a bit crunched version yeah, of a yeah. croak. You know, it's not. It doesn't have the, like, natural timber that would make it directly understandable to them. There's more of like a, yeah, there's like a bit crunchy kind of uh, uh, edge to it.
0: Um, Yeah, you have to know what it's a symbol of before it makes any sense. But once you know it, you're like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So you have all your stuff. So you're on the side of the plateau Um, between, you know, let's say you're in an area where there's rocks. You know, you're kind of hidden. So you can take a moment to, like, plan before you go, you follow this narrow path up. Toward this cave mouth. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just from where we're sitting or where we're standing, it's it's just the cave mouth up this narrow path that we can kind of see. There's no, um, or is there any other kind of like landscape features around? It's a good hike.
0: So all around you, so if you've hiked like up a mountain, you can. Um, it's sort of like there aren't trees, and there are lots of lower, um, plants. Of various mm-hmm. kinds um but as you go up there that becomes sparse in some certain areas that are more there's more rocky outcroppings that are that are barren or covered in lichen um but yeah pretty much throughout there's there's sort of red reddish exposed rock covered by essentially mosses club mosses fern like organisms um and there the path i mean there's not really a path but like clearly um that's what treasure is doing and has picked out like the best way so you're on, like, the, you know, you stop at, like, the most easy-to-stop-at place on this sort of trail. And then after that, mm-hmm. it's going to get, it's, like, a long hike, some of which is going to be, like, scrabbling, like, climbing rocks. Um, And, sh- you know, she's pointing it like, a, toward the top. There's you, you can't really see anything, but there's going to be, like, uh, behind a rock, you can go under a ledge, and then you're, like, in a cave complex. Gotcha, gotcha,
1: gotcha. Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like the if the the fighters are good at fighting but they're really used to a different environment more kind of like water aquatic guerrilla warfare um yeah i don't know how much use they would be to Sparm if there is a scrape um but so yeah basically Sparm tells the refractor that um we will make our way up to the mouth of the cave complex. And along the way, we will have the Morogs uh, basically collect these kind of like mossy coverings, things like that, um, so that they can kind of emulate hiding underwater, right? So they'll basically like cover themselves in mobile bushes.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, so bringing the trees to Dunsinane kind of a thing. They're going to get get yes. personal personal pan,
1: moss trees to hide. Within. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Um, and yeah, we'll have them, uh, we'll have them wait at the mouth of the cave basically. So they're going to be kind of a last ditch effort. If there is trouble, um, maybe, uh, the refractor and I can go in there alone or I can just go in there alone and, um, you know, if there is trouble, we'll make a break for it. They'll kind of be our our stopgap to kind of keep any of these potential nanite horrors from getting loose into the environment. Um, but basically just have them kind of stand by at the at the mouth of the cave system. Got it. Um, and Sparm asks Shrushin, um, do you feel safe accompanying me and being a guide throughout this labyrinth or... Would you rather stay behind with your compatriots?
0: Uh, That is a good question. I am old and I am a desk jockey, or whatever term she would use. Uh, However, uh, why don't I accompany you hidden by my mirror cloak? Uh, And should the need arise, I can at least be another set of hands or distraction so that we get the system, as we'll call it, uh, the vitalist system. It is, it is technically a system of the concretized philosophy. It was a material way of being in the world uh, called Illuminum il- 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 which is uh, sapphire vitalism. So it is technically the Illuminum system, uh, and I'm very happy to, uh, to be the one to carry it uh, or to provide a distraction while you carry it out uh but i will i will hang back i am really of no use in a, in a scuffle uh, certainly with mm-hmm. a dangerous
1: uh, xenofauna. Uh, effectively xenoflora i should say um okay so in that case sfarm puts one of their their hands out and says i believe that you should stay here with the molrocks um it would be helpful to have an extra set of hands But at the same time, I do not want you getting hurt. You are a refractor with the Co. You are my superior. And I will take it upon myself as a Razi in order to explore this crypt. However, may I borrow your mirror cloak in order to aid me in my mission?
0: Oh, yes. That is wise and fair. It is uh, a little small, perhaps, for you. But perhaps you can stretch it. and, And she takes it off, and now she is... Cold. She's in like a tactical, like a like a, a black cloth vest, um, and like uh, puffy black pants and boots. Um, and she's a little cold. But she gives you the cloak. The cloak is very light and very soft and impossible to rip. Like you could pull on it all day, and it, it sort of stretches a little, and, and it just becomes like chainmail. Um, so it is some advanced material. And when you put it on, uh, let me pull up some sort of description of what it does um i also think i misspoke this is not a mirror cloak because that is a different thing in the game that does a different thing this is uh this is a thing that blurs you the mirror cloak makes copies of you that that is uh uh, this is a cool thing but it just makes you much much sneakier uh so why don't we call it a shimmer
1: cloak that sounds cool right what do you think (laughs) yeah that sounds great that sounds great this Uh, is it reminds me of annihilation
0: oh good yes yes yeah exactly yeah i love i love the shimmer um love a good okay. shimmer uh yeah and i and this is exactly the problem um the 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 reason to buy the game uh that grant howard pointed out is there are several varieties of magic sword uh meaning that we have like hundreds of like science fictional um architect in in the game so i forget sometimes yeah. shit i've already made up uh so while you have it on <laughs> um so let me just make a call here uh it costs five grit per day to power, so as soon as you put it fully on and you like accept, like maybe you feel a kind of tug at your wrists and maybe at your neck, but it, but since you're not human, maybe it's you know different, just sort of all, all over diffuse. you feel like it wants, it's like asking permission, like uh, terms and conditions, like click, yes or no. Um, So if you click yes, you just lose five grit and and that lowers your maximum until you take it off and then you can rest and regain up to your normal maximum. So it's just like you're setting it aside. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, we will accept terms and conditions. We don't need to read the full thing because no one ever does. (laughs) Okay.
0: And so this, the Shimmer Cloak is different from some of the other named, uh, the Witch Suit, Quicksuit, um, and Mirror Cloak, uh, in that the Shimmer Cloak, it does not give you damage reduction, um, again, uh, and maybe it should against minor things, but it essentially, um, could be shot through, you know, the bullet, uh, but it gives you advantage on dodge checks and sneak checks when you're wearing it, because it, it just blends you in, it's just active camo, so the Nanite's just... Make you look like you're part of the environment. So, as long as you're wearing it, you have that lowered grit, but you actually have an advantage on two very useful rolls here. Very cool. Uh, yeah, and yeah, great. you look Bye. like you just look shimmery. Yeah. You're just yeah. blurred into the background immediately.
1: I like it. Uh, yeah, I, am at, I, I really do imagine like in Annihilation. I mean, I don't love the movie. Um, I actually just had a long conversation with a friend about this the other day. Um, but the visual that they gave the shimmer where it's this kind of like oil slick iridescence, um, yeah. you know, kind of, uh, uh, melting the air around it. That's kind of how I imagine it as this like iridescent, um, you know, like a, like a fly's body kind of thing. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think it would work really well outdoors at night, you know, like it's, it's meant to be also if you're not moving, cause it's it sort of. Blurs you, like Photoshop's you into the environment, but as you move, it has to like redo it. So it's, I think it makes sense mm-hmm. that like it would work less well in a boardroom or like while jogging. But if you're kind of like yeah. slowly creeping around at night, but you know, from rock to rock or whatever, it's, it's kind of blurring you in. So you just, yeah, you look like more rock or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So the edges eventually someone could pick out, but they'd kind of have to know to look for it, if that makes sense.
1: Um, I, I like the idea of it photoshopping you into the environment, like a bad heal tool application in Photoshop
0: yeah. where you're yeah. just kind of like, eh,
1: hey, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like a constant bad Photoshop filter, but it be beca- you know, it's it, again, it would be very useful if this device existed. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> in you know,
0: actual, whatever military maneuvers. Uh, so you are now, so yeah. Um, so she has, you know, she's also like, the, you know, she's going to have to sleep to regain it. Right? So she's like a little tired and cold she goes back to the, the, Mulricks and wishes you the best you know it says something in spin like uh may all of your um short-term profit sheets be uh balanced or whatever you know or says something common and normal to say uh, and then disappear so you're kind of alone on the side of this plateau um shimmering and you know roughly where to go you don't know exactly uh but she's described it pretty well and it and she has pointed out um there's effectively a path straight up if you just are able to um at some points you know haul yourself up uh five feet or whatever up up a cliff face so it's none of it's like super mm-hmm. hard it's just steeper and steeper without ever becoming like a sheer you know
1: uh rock wall gotcha um yeah this farm's gonna start making the trek up and start okay. uh, heading towards the mouth of the cave
0: so i want you to roll a few things for me if you don't mind uh could no. you roll a movement check? Which is she won't get advantage on this, as far as I know. Which is just to climb. This is how well do you climb? Uh, this is a five plus. Just don't get uh, one through four, <laughs> and you climbed okay, and you're you're fine going up the side of Yizich Sichwaran.
1: Gotcha. Oh, dropped my dice. Um, all right, and I do get a minus one to this for the armor that I'm wearing, which is a uh, bent halberk.
0: Ah, yeah, pretty stiff.
1: Um, yeah, so I rolled a six minus one. That would be five.
0: Okay, five. (laughs) So you're not like the best climber, but yeah, you, you make it up the sides, uh, of the the plateau as it, as it steepens and you are more or less at this cave. You can kind of see what she means. There's like a weird rock ledge and then like another hole, you know, like moonlight filtering in. So there's like 10 Mm -hmm. foot of slab. And if you crawl under it, you're, it goes down actually. And you're kind of on top of the plateau, but, but in a kind of a depressed area, um, and you can see, you could climb up over some small boulders onto sort of the real top, at least of the, the first part of the plateau Then maybe goes up some more. Um, but if you don't do that, you can kind of see, as she, she said to look kind of to the right. And there's well, there's like a little hole in the rocks where it looks like at first, it's just kind of, um, space, you know, toward the back where there's, there's not a rock there, but actually it just keeps going and you can kind of climb through that and you'll, you'll, you'll be in a, in a cave. So you're fine. You're, you're ready to do that whenever you want. Uh, could you also roll, um, if, you, if you're trying to sneak, a movement check to sneak mm-hmm. and you would have advantage here because you're wearing the cloak.
1: Yes. Um, and anything yeah, else I, you would to do. Sorry. Yeah, I would say you know Sfarm is going to try to move up to the the mouth of the cave, uh, probably th- underneath the kind of rock ledge. Um, but yeah, trying to trying to kind of move slowly, trying to be sneaky, just in case there are any of these um, you know kind of uh, moss constructs around uh, this close to the surface. Uh, so yeah, we'll do movement and advantage. Oops. Um and advantages you roll twice, take the higher, is that right in this one? yeah, 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 we just use sort okay. of the common version of that cool, uh, so yeah, got eleven for that great,
0: okay, so you are very hard to spot, so with that, could you roll a d six to determine what else is around so you're you're sneaking, we'll just say sort of by default as after you've kind of climbed up to this this ledge um, but yeah, let's see what's what else is up here.
1: Uh, I rolled a four. Okay,
0: so you don't uh, you don't first see anything. It seems like you're alone, um, and then I think as you sneakily, you know, very stealthily move underneath the ledge, and you're onto the plateau proper in this depression. There's a bunch of rocks in front of you, and off to the side, there's kind of a hole in the rubble, and you can see, you know, to climb through it. Um, you might see a glimmer of blue, just like I don't know, you know, barely visible um if you look up you know uh, at the at the top of the plateau proper you know so you're sort of below and if you look up in the distance there's something you know in front of you um it does not it's not like coming at you it's just a glint of blue moving past you know and, uh maybe between you know a couple low clumps of sort of moss-like shrub um so you know there, there's something out there it doesn't seem big enough uh or the shape of a humanoid, it looks, um, more like a, uh, yeah, like a, a curl of just like light.
1: Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I think the would kind of assume that these are just some stray, like a stray cloud of nanites or something like that, uh, off in the distance. So they're going to, um, I mean, again, you know, perception with a cloud of nanites is an interesting question, but (laughs) I think we'll kind of try to stick as much to the shadows as possible and kind of try to skirt around um, wherever they see this blue glow uh, in order to move further into the cave system.
0: Great. So you just, yeah, you can just kind of go forward off to the side and and try to crawl through uh, this aperture, and then you're in a larger um, cave um That has over time been blocked off by some boulders, other than you know um uh a found you know this this sort of hole in um and yeah, you don't know, for all you you do that you're in um whatever that was up there doesn't you know doesn't notice anything uh so inside it's so roughly human sized i mean it 's built for sapphires, but you're a human sized tunnel that at first appears natural and you realize maybe at one point wasn't natural, so it 's sort of like standing in like a, a train or subway like tunnel and it's been incorporated with the natural environment for hundreds of years, stuff has moved or whatever so that it it sort of seems like it's just a, you know, hole in the ground and you realize it was probably like carved a certain way. So it's, it's somewhat arched. It's, it's, it's it's smoothed over, but it's, it's just um, you're picking up where it probably went somewhere else and had some sort of entrance and whatever and all that's gone. So now you're in like a walkable tunnel that's pretty cleared. Um, and the walls, if you look are stone, but they've been kind of grown. The nanites have, uh, you know, we're used to to sort of grow them and they actually have a kind of pattern from that process that's left over. So it's, at first, again, it almost looks like a natural sort of like limestone or whatever, um, kind of s- smooth feel, but, but you see, it's almost like been milled. Like it has little, um, uh, almost like you, you see on curtains or something like a little like doily pattern or something from the the Na'ites. Yeah. Uh, and you you might be familiar. This might feel like uh, weird memories, crossed memories in your brain of of ancient mm-hmm. times, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Um. And this hallway just continues on for a while into the darkness. Uh, and you would know, according to Safarov architecture, I mean, it's going to all kind of be curvy. In fluid, so it's curving kind of to the right, um, and it's curving somewhat down. Uh, okay. And as you progress, um, you will eventually you will notice before anything happens to you, there is a mild blue glow ahead of you in the darkness.
1: Okay, and it's just this one kind of large tunnel that that I'm in right now. Um, there's no branching pathways or any. Uh, are there any features that could be used as like i is there any like furniture stalactites or anything like that that's kind of around or it's just a big open space
0: you're you're just in the the this entrance tunnel you know hallway uh between points in whatever network that was urban mm-hmm. you know hundreds and hundreds of years ago um and very different um and yeah, there is uh, there is a glowing, and I, I think, I guess you could also see around this, the same point, that would be at a, at a branching, so there's a path that continues more sort of straight to the left and off to the right, it sort of curves more, uh, uh, m- you know, more severely to the right and goes down
1: more. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, I mean, Svarm will just continue along the path. I think kind of hugging the wall um, as it branches to the right, maybe they're on the right wall so that they can kind of like try to peek around as it curves just to kind of keep their heads on a swivel. Um, but yeah, they'll, uh, they'll just kind of slowly as quietly as possible, continue forward down this, uh, curving hallway. Okay. Uh,
0: then you, um, you, uh, are going toward the glowing. So it is coming from that right hand, uh, path. It is now more, more evident that that is the case. um, and you are also going toward a large circular room with a sort of domed ceiling uh, and the question is um, does anyone see you so you got an 11 to sneak which is extremely high so uh, you would know you'd be pretty confident that you are pretty much invisible um, yeah however you would also know that doom reapers are, are quite um, vigilant I mean that's kind of their thing is like spot and stuff so before you do anything else as you're as you see that there's like a big room up ahead and there's definitely that's where that's the source of of the glow um, do you want to do anything in
1: particular Mm, I guess you know before coming into the room so again it's just this big open hallway and then it leads into this circular kind of chamber uh
0: yeah, if you're going right, then you're going toward the, the light and toward a big chamber.
1: Okay. Is there an option to go left at that? Is it like a T intersection away from the It's door? like a Y, yeah.
0: Sorry. So if you're going not toward the light and you go left, that is different. So do which, which way are you going
1: in real time gotcha. as you use gotcha? Um I think yeah, I mean whatever, fuck it. Uh I think swarm would still continue going towards the glow because you know we're we're looking for uh the the um, system uh so I think the assumption would be that where the glow is is probably, you know, if there's a concentration of these nanites anywhere it's probably coming out of the system itself. Um so yeah, I think swarm is going to You know, as the glow gets more intense at kind of the portal between the hallway and the circular chamber, um, we'll maybe kind of try to like duck down, make themselves as small as possible. Um, And trying to see if I've got any. Yeah, I think just kind of duck down, try to make themselves as small as possible. I'm I'm thinking about defusing. (laughs) So there'd be two Um, of you to act. There'd be two to act, yeah. Um, But maybe before making that call, just kind of like try to stay out of sight, but just like look into the chamber to get a sense of what's actually going on in there instead of uh, just going in blind.
0: Okay, so you're going to try to approach and look without being seen into the larger chamber and get to get lay of the land. Um, we'll say that... Excuse me. Your sneak check of 11 holds. So I'm going to just roll to see one thing. Uh, no, that is a skunk roll. Okay, that's great. Um, you see in the chamber um, what looks like... Um, that is also a skunk. Uh, you see a large, uh, frozen wave of blue material, which is hard to describe because it looks like water, like a rain shower, not like a wave per se, but like water that's suspended. And through it is also, um, a sort of crystalline sort of Chihuly light display thing happening, um, that, Mm -hmm is also uh full of plants of different kinds so it's not really moss in the sense of like one thing of sphagnum or spanish moss it's like an ecosystem uh that is has this sort of armature um and it is curled around uh something that you can't really see because it's blocking it's pretty big it's like 12 feet tall and 12 feet wide um, mm-hmm. And you get the sense that it has its back to you; that nothing, nothing really sees you. Um, it is kind of glowing; it's glowing from the front, so that you're seeing kind of the dark part of it. And mm-hmm. there's something glowing brighter that it is kind of around. Uh, and then the rest of the room um, is there's alcoves, uh, so there's there's kind of oval alcoves set in the walls all around. Um, and in many of these, uh, there's just nothing anymore. But in some of them, uh, you see essentially a sapphire elf statuary, which would look really weird. So it'd be like these twisted kind of um, like like kind of blue figures in the dark, uh, some of whom would be holding different things that look kind of like some sort of technological, I don't know, eggplants or grenades, or um, in some cases just like a bunch of wires. Uh, It's sort of unclear. And a few of them would have like boxes um, like display case kind of things that again are, are empty so you don't know what here has been pillaged or repurposed, um, but this is some sort of vault with relics from, you know, hundreds of years ago, before the twinning, and the the flight of the Morgul, uh, and you've caught you know there's something here that is alive, but it is it is not sensing you whatsoever.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Um, interesting. Okay, so it's it's backlit. There's a more intense glow coming from somewhere that I can't see on the other side of it. Um, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. What do I want
0: to do? It's a pretty Maybe. big room. So you're at the entrance yeah. and you can see it's this big round, you know, in the right room. That's the way is this pretty large thing that is alive. And there's something glowing more brightly beyond it. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it, you know, this is really your move and that it is just, um, it's a very calm alien kind of moment, even for you with some recollection of some of the symbolism, but it feels, you know, that this is like a weird, a weird vibe.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that Swarm is going to slowly enter into the chamber behind this Constructor, this things back um and just as quietly as possible try to scout out what it's facing um maybe even like going around the the kind of like circumference of the chamber and ducking into one of the empty alcoves just to like try to be as much in shadow as possible um but yeah, trying to trying to see what it's facing to see if that is the the system um that's in this room or not.
0: Okay. Um as you climb around, you know, you're you're still sneaky. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna let it work again to see you because you're getting a lot closer this way, as opposed to just like looking through the door. But um uh, it failed really bad, so it's it's pretty it's pretty wrapped. Um, so I'm gonna give it, uh, it it rolled a it rolled a one on the previous perceive check. So oh, wow. it's rolling against you, but I'm gonna actually give it a disadvantage because it so it's very unlikely it would get. Yeah, okay, yeah it, it it does not see you. Um, so you are able to so I'll say you're at one of the alcoves. Maybe you're going alcove to alcove. You're sort of parallel with it, and you're much mm-hmm. closer now, but you're still you know 20 feet away, sort of hidden.
1: Uh, At yeah. the wall, <laughs> yeah. yeah I imagine just like a, yeah, as flat into yeah. the alcove as possible. <laughs> Trying to maybe look like one of the statues, even.
0: Right, right. Like it would be cartoonish, except with this weird kind of nanite photoshopping. It's it's less cartoonish, right? Like it's yeah, so effective. Yeah. So this thing does not notice you. It is a solid. It is a massive sort of wave. It's vaguely again this palm shaped wave, but it is more like rain or mist impregnated by you know this this forest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is glowing slightly on its front kind of periodically, you know, rippling throughout just little spots of light, little, little dust of blue here and there. Light. Mm-hmm. And it is around, um, a skeletal, the, the sort of skeleton of the top half of a Sapphire elf with the head, um, set on a sort of, uh, wedding cake shaped structure of, of white and blue, uh, sort of crystal that is um, kind of clutching a cubic clear aquarium thing full of blue goo. Uh, and it is um, it is moving its sort of mouth, which the, the sapphire elves have these kind of mask-like faces, these very um, expressionistic masks that don't imply, you know, na- nasality or anything, but they do imply like eyes and like a mouth part. Mm -hmm. Um, and the mouth part is like, um, some sort of slit with like lights and the lights are like doing a complicated thing. Like it is speaking in Elf Machina. It is like chanting. Uh, and it has, um, not one, but, or two, but it has four little arms that are all sort of, um, almost like made of twigs of, of blue. It looks like this thing is basically the torso and head of a Sapphire elf with the other parts kind of like stuck on like a snowman, Yeah, but sort of functional. And the, the little servo arms are slowly like playing with the, the blue, Putty, this protoplasmic um ecosystem scale, you know, infrastructure nanite goo. Uh and it is very, very slowly um ritually like painting symbols onto this wave like thing in front of it. And you see as it does the wave-like thing pulses
1: more sort of alive. Whoa. Dang. That's very creepy. Um cool. Well, yeah, I think uh Sfarm recognizes their their target for this mission um and okay so yeah it's two two different entities right um okay so <laughs> just being brash just to to move things along um i think what sparm is going to do is slowly unholster their uh, their long-caliber pistol uh, from their side and aim it at one of the alcoves, one of the statues in one of the alcoves that's kind of on the opposite side of the room, as far away um, from where they currently are as possible. You got it. Um, and... Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to use Perfect Shot, uh, which is one of my class powers, in order to shoot the head off of one of those statues or whatever equivalent to a head that the statue has. Uh, Just trying to basically make a a loud noise, trying to distract... both of the entities that are in this room to see what will happen, um, see if the big thing will move, see what what'll what'll go on if if we make some noise. Um, so yeah, that's Swarm's going to try to make a distraction by uh, shooting. Excellent.
0: Um, if you want, so I'll give you an option here because if okay. you use technically a perfect shot, you're making a called shot, which in sulfate you roll at disadvantage and it costs four grit. But if you hit, you inflict a double damage. Oh, okay. Um, And you can disarm an opponent or cause some other effect like that, blindness, etc. And perfect shot is like a way better version of called shot. Um, But you still basically are doing called shot. If -hmm. you just want to make a distraction, I would just say roll to hit normally, unless you want it to have that mechanical effect of like part of the statue, like momentarily blinds one of them or Mm -hmm. falls in a a very specific way. Do you know what I mean? Like changing the field of of
1: battle, if that makes sense. I think this is just a distraction, so we'll just okay. roll to hit. Cool. Um, okay.
0: So I'll just say this is a six or higher. Like, you're shooting a statue, so it's it's not hard, except there's stuff in the way and it's dark and all that. Um, gotcha. You have your large caliber, you know, your magnum or whatever you unholster. It. And I'm rolling combat for this? So yeah, this is uh, combat slash attack, so this is basically the only check, you know, what, or that and grapple are the two checks combat is used for. You're either hurting something or trying to kind of restrain it physically from acting.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was not a good roll. I rolled a two. <laughs> okay. So, um,
0: so I think I think what happens is, you're, since you're firing kind of past them, I think there's a chance you hit them. Is really the only <laughs> other thing here that matters. So I'm gonna have them roll. Um, uh, so yeah, the big. Th- so basically, this is what happens. You try to shoot past the big wave thing, and I think it moves a little. Mm. i don't think it necessarily sees you i think it's the the thing the glyph that was painted on the sort of long circuit glyph uh by the the ex sapphire elf thing the creator um caused it to kind of wriggle and you thought it was done kind of wriggling and then it has another spasm of like coming to lifeness and it sort of moves it's you know, left side sort of flaps over yeah. and you shoot right through it. So you, you, you aimed the shot up. Okay. But then ended up hitting this thing. Uh, so I would say roll damage because this may matter <laughs> a little bit.
1: My timing was off. Um, okay. So eight points of damage.
0: Okay. Um, then, uh, then I would say roll initiative because <laughs> so this is a movement check uh it they now so the thing wheels on you and is rushing toward you and it moves in a very weird way where it kind of falls forward and then you know like more of it moves up and through so it's sort of cytoplasmic it's like a wave going back and forth within it mm-hmm. that's rushing it forward um
1: oh creepy.
0: and the thing on the wedding cake crystal pod chair thing just kind of spins a little like it can't doesn't have a full range of motion but to look at you and it is still chanting in Elf Machina something. Uh,
1: um, is it possible to understand it?
0: Yeah. Um, why don't you make a reason check as okay. just as a free action as you're as this is all happening for like, what the hell is that guy saying? <laughs>
1: um, just and as a note, I did roll my uh, movement for initiative and I got a seven.
0: OK, OK. Uh, you'll you'll act first the 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 this moss tyrant is what we'll call it also got a 7 but we'll we'll say you go you know okay. you get you win that one
1: cool and then for reason I got an 8
0: great so yes you can understand what it's saying it is chanting over and over again essentially like um like a prayer like in a in a religious tradition where you chant some uh you know a, a, a mantra to help kind of focus so it is chanting a version of essentially the word uh iliminilum which means you know the vitalism that the nanites give to the world that we that we have given to the world right that okay. the sapphire elves have impregnated the world with and uh and it also means it implies kind of beauty and oneness and that all things are created and that nothing can really die because even if you die all of the nanites that make up you just go back into the sea of nanites that helps the world um be very healthy and full of, um, you know, this very healthy biosphere and healthy air and water all mediated by the Sapphire elves. And it is, part, it is sort of like, um, why the twinning occurred and maybe you, a lot of this floods back in of memory is like, that was one of two, there were really two big philosophies at the end. And a lot of people thought that it was gone too far in kind of controlling things technologically. And the other was this kind of nihilism or, or urge to destroy um, and the idea of the twinning was to sort of bring together people of opposite views, so sort of like forcing centrism by like literally merging consciousnesses and bodies. Yeah. Um, so this, this, this being seems to be like a holdover from the era when like there were people who just only believed in one or the other, you know, and didn't sort of see it as a, as a dualism that went together. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, they're, they're just chanting a mantra. They, this, this Sapphire elf seems um, it is not clear how, much they would be able to like have a conversation or like do stuff other than um drag themselves around and like hit buttons effectively with nanites. Yeah, if that makes yeah.
1: sense. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. A part of Swarm uh deeply respects this sapphire elf holdover and then another part of Swarm is disgusted by them. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a part of that active dualism.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's this is also like such a MacGuffin about like where it's like not so not a real world uh religion or political philosophy of any kind. Right. This is like weird alien stuff, and you can read into it really like whatever you want. You can help define Canon here. um the moss iron is coming at you. it's a big old wall. You act a split second before it is
1: able to reach you. What okay. do you want to do um jeez, I mean it's a big old it's a big old wall. I don't know how much I can do um I mean, mechanically, it has health and grit, and you you
0: can sure. you've heard it already. Uh, so you've you know, like it, you've blown a hole in it, for example. So it's big, but it's not you know, it's not indestructible. It seems to you.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. I think um, you know, Svarm is just going to try to kind of like. Hop, hop, skip, and jump past it. Um, I know it's like coming, yeah, coming at us. But if there's a way to kind of just like juke and get around it, um, and make a beeline for the uh, the sapphire elf with the system. Uh, Excellent.
0: Yeah. Roll movement. Um, and I don't think you'd have at this point advantage because it knows that you're there. But sure. um, certainly, you know, you're you're pretty fast. So this is a straight up. Juke it out, get around it, so you are able to act on the other side of it. Do whatever to the sapphire. Um,
1: That makes sense. Okay. Um, Oh wow, cool. So I got a seven again. I rolled an eight, but I have minus one, so.
0: Uh, It got a four, so it is. um, It's surprisingly like nimble in that it's not a human, right? It's like a wall of liquid that can stop. So it's like reformed a bunch of it quickly to grab you, but not nearly fast enough. I mean, you're very, you're extremely fast. So. Wow. Um, so what is it or you are you trying to do something this round in terms of if this is a movement, mm-hmm. what were you trying to do at the Sapphire Elf? Were you trying to like bum rush or grab or like snatch the thing out of its its two little hands? Yeah, Other
1: I hands? think just trying to snatch the the system out of its its little teeny tiny hands if at all possible.
0: Great. Um roll combat to grapple, to okay. grab the thing out of its it it does not want to let go, basically.
1: Gotcha. Oh, I rolled a one.
0: <laughs> uh, it only rolled a two, but I think what that means is it has uh, it still has control of it, and it has sloshed a bunch of active um, ecosystem scale nanites on you. Oh man. um And the cloak—I will say—the shimmer cloak is, if not ruined, it is temporarily inoperable because it is now alive in like a so in the middle of this very dangerous moment. Like the moss tyrant could like it's like a car falling on you over and over again. Yeah. Um there's almost like a weird beauty in the beast moment where like it's kind of like your your clothes become this like kimono like robe, tactical robe becomes kind of like a butterfly of blue light and is kind of like <laughs> coming off you and just flapping around and it's sort of beautiful and you have wings but it also is very distracting. Uh yeah. so you're in a tug of war with this little thing and it looks up at you and it's like <laughs> in in digital speech. Um The Moss Tyrant turns and just crashes down on you both. Oh, my God. Um, All right. This is where the the big dice come out. (laughs) You have to roll. You have to. So it got a 13 to attack you. So to avoid the damage, you have to get a 14 or higher on a dodge check. Or you would have to use a free action that is some kind of special power. Um, Otherwise, it is. It is just. Yeah. Like a. A car made of glass and moss and water has just like slammed into both of you. You and the the sapphire elf.
1: Oh my god. This is going uh <laughs> swimmingly. I, <laughs> so I would need a I need a fourteen or higher on a yes. dodge. I mean the highest I can roll is an eight. Um and then I would have to burn six grit <laughs> in order to hit a fourteen.
0: Yeah, that is um, so you can do the math there.
1: I don't it's up to you, but doesn't seem likely uh, i'm trying to see so like and none of my class powers could really help me out right now um I, I i guess my question would be would it be possible for me to defuse and like shoot out with enough time or is that like completely i mean i imagine defusing actually takes some amount it's not just like an instantaneous um you know decoupling kind of thing
0: yeah i have the book open i believe it is a standard action which means that that would be like your action for the round right it's not um free meaning it's effectively instant the idea being a free action something that would only take one second and a standard action would take at least you know it's like 10 seconds right um but you know that is uh yeah defuse and refuse are both standard, so that means gotcha. that it takes long enough it's very fast but in, in in you can still do it in combat but it would be your action because you're like you know your body's ripping apart right? yeah and,
1: uh, um so i guess i'm just like trying to go over all my options to potentially sure. survive or do something um i'm gonna look i have another species power called burning touch i believe
0: yeah, that would also be that's a, that's essentially an attack. That's if you grab someone right. and you want to um, do damage. For example, like you could you could have like um, electrocuted basically the Sapphire Elf um, as you grabbed stuff from him. But uh, that's what I should have done. They still, yeah. I mean, you might have like fried them, and they still were like holding onto to this box. So I'm not sure with this series of rolls, uh, without rerolling the last round, you know how that would have would have yeah. made a huge difference
1: there. Yeah, I uh I mean I think that the only thing that we can try to do is to um, is to try to dodge this uh there's really <laughs> it's matter right. just like get crushed. Um so yeah, whatever. Let's go for it. We'll try to dodge. Um so I do have to burn grit in order to do that, right?
0: Yes. Uh You know what? And and I'll give you advantage even though it's the last one last bit because I said that the the schmutz was spilled and and the shimmer cloak is kind of coming alive. We'll say that it is, it is lifting you up and and it it gives you advantage this one last time mechanically before it is, you know, broken until repaired.
1: Great. Um, And just
0: basically, you know, butterfly wing rave kind of clothes. (laughs) Uh, So you burn, I guess if you burn the grit, then you're rolling twice and hoping one of them, you get the best result, right? That's the only way this can happen.
1: That's pretty much what we're doing here. Yeah. So wait, I, I would need to burn six grit off the bat or
0: uh yeah i guess if you're um right you're, you gotta get a 14 so
1: yeah okay yeah so we'll burn six grit off the bat i'm down to 11 grit uh cool yeah <laughs> oh i rolled a six
0: okay uh did you or you want to roll again because you have the, the cloak. oh the right i case. have
1: advantage yeah i got another six so two <laughs> sixes in a row there okay. not not quite enough
0: Alright, uh, how much health does, um, uh, farm have?
1: 14.
0: Okay. Um, you take, uh, so that was, that was not the biggest roll by the moss iron. You take 8 damage oh. uh, as it crashes into you. So, definitely not necessarily feeling great. Um, however, yeah, now the problem is, it is, it is kind of on top of you, you're in the thick of it, um, it is also hurt, uh, severely wounded the sort of barely alive, you know, Sapphire Elf, uh, mm-hmm. artist. Uh, and the artist is also now going to, to be involved in this initiative on four. Okay. Uh, all right. So it's your initiative. Um, you're in melee with the Moss Tyrant. hmm It is both confused. I will say it like rears back up. So it kind of flattens you and you can describe how that like hurts, like smashes you on the ground. Um, And uh, it also smashes the artist. The artist loses control. And so the thing tips over, but the stuff doesn't spill out. It just kind of like moves around weirdly. And Mm -hmm. there's now this plastic box with the one side, you know, the top off on the ground on its side. And the blue stuff has not spilled out. It is just kind of like assumed a weird bean shape. Uh, and it is between you and the artist, and the Moss tyrant is, is on top of you, rearing up to, like, slam down again. Oh my
1: god. Um, wow. Uh, da, 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 da. You can, as a free
0: actioner, you can speak, like, you understand, you know, you can talk to these things in, in a form right. of language you will understand. It just, it's going to be weird, you know, it's like speaking to, like, a really, uh, a zealot, right? Someone who has, like, extreme beliefs, but, like, you can speak to them. Yeah. um and you could think about you know non-combat like tra- ha- trying to basically get out of this mess by not having to kill this thing although you can also try to kill it it is just like a big right. construct that has a lot of health basically
1: well so i'm I, i'm actually i was going to ask if i could use the species power tap right in uh we did this last time with the little the fern squirrel fern squirrel thing <laughs> right right fern squirrely um uh you know, I, I assume that this thing does, you know, it's, it's direct nanites probably has some form of elf machina that it's using to not reason, but to like animate itself. I, I'm wondering if there's some way that I can like combine tap right in with my class power tame in order to gain control oh, yeah. of this thing.
0: That's a really interesting one. Tap right in is a standard action. So that would be, I think eight grit in this case. So three plus five would be eight, um, And you can, yes, you can use things you can't even understand. So I think then you would be like speaking to um, the Moss Tyrant as architect. But I, but right, I don't think you would have control of it. I think you would be like in it, in its wild like brain, you know, Mm -hmm. um, quote unquote. And then I think you could use Tame, but that would basically be the next round. So this would be like a two round combo of like trying to like kind of make sense of what it's like to be a sort of animate wave of this mossy ecosystem. That is, you don't know what instructions, if any, it's been given, but it clearly is reacting to your presence as, as some sort of threat. Right. Hey. Um, I... But I'll give you, if you do tap right in, I guess I would give you a free action to at least, you know, try to understand it or communicate with, yeah. Like if you wanted to try to calm it down, I mean, if, if that's the goal,
1: yeah that's that's um, the goal
0: chain so, yeah. would be another like you know Tames another round because that's round. a power with you know gotcha
1: yeah let's let's go mechanism. let's let's do it um Swarm is not feeling very hopeful right now but we'll see <laughs> uh yeah so uh Swarm is going to activate tap right in i guess um kind of like reaching out maybe like even sending out like kind of like venom or something sending out like ropes of nanites in order right. to kind of like fuse with the the body of the moss tyrant, um,
0: that's great. Yeah, so you become you're you're like partially in it, and it's partially in you, right? You're yeah, exchanging yeah. that kind of nanite cytoplasm that's that's brought this like weird chunk of the forest into its existence as like a a beast, essentially. Yeah, yeah,
1: because Sparm doesn't want to kill this thing; it doesn't want to like really harm it because like it, I, I think that Sparm sees themselves a little bit, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as a nanite construct themselves. Like they kind of see their own history. They see some kind of, or they have some kind of like sympathy or empathy with, with this thing, you know,
0: um, roll charm. I think this is a, as a free action you, you've, you ch- you are now with speaking with the moss tyrant, you can't just control it really, but you can talk to it in the way that like, you know, if you met like a wild dog, you could be like, okay, Hey, what's up friend? Like smell my hand, please don't yeah. bite me. You know? <laughs> You can like, use certain steps to, like, you know, not scare it or an- annoy it or whatever escalate
1: Oh, I got a six. Six, okay. Which is the highest I can roll on Charm.
0: <laughs> it has
1: a d20 will because it is a creature cool.
0: of sort of um, plants made, not sapient, but plants made um, powerful, right, mm-hmm. uh, by nanites that themselves are not a system that is sapient it, it is a it is a dumb beast right but it is it is very um self-possessed and mm-hmm. has a sense of its itself and the rest of the forest however it rolled a three wow so uh that is why the system you know yeah there, sometimes you, you get big swings uh and sometimes you get big misses even with with those dice um oh my god it, uh, it just kind of like I think because sl- you know it's acting like right behind you. So this is like happening simultaneously. You like kind of enter it, and you're like, calm down, please calm down, <laughs> yeah,
1: whatever. Bleep bloop bleep bloop blah, bleep bloop bleep bloop, bloop, bloop.
0: <laughs> uh, bleep bloop bleep bloop parts, uh, and it and yeah, it's it's like curling down to like it's got these kind of claw tips, and it just stops. You know, it's like right, it's kind of curled around your head, and maybe Ooh. even like kind of moves your head down. But now it's just like. A weird giant hand you know just or like a huge fern leaf kind of just down your back oh. and you're kind of inside it kind of hugging it
1: out you know or... yeah i was gonna say Sparm reaches their arms out and <laughs> just gives it a hug and like some like you know it's like when you uh when you're hanging out with like a really big dog and you can just kind of like give it those like nice pats those yeah. pats it's kind of like one of those you know it's like yeah good dog yeah
0: <laughs> um it is just, yeah. It is no longer. It sees you as as like it, like you said. It sees you as another thing that, like, okay, is supposed to be here. Essentially, mm-hmm. so it it does not think of you as a threat. Um, the sapphire elf, on the other hand, is crawling toward that the box, um, the the aluminum uh, system, and trying to kind of you know, it's it is now on the the floor. They they are uh, lateral and they're crawling uh, with the four arms, um, trying to kind of get 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 it and write it and they're just you know chanting over and over again mm-hmm. um and uh they seem there's a tone there's like a subtone to the the cadence the, the rhythm of their chant that is almost like happy like yes this is correct it's working like we're you know i'm I'm bringing out i'm bringing the forest uh without inside and i'm bringing the nanites inside without mm-hmm. is kind of the subtext of essentially the same word that it's saying different ways um, so it is very happy that you've, you've finally like come, uh, what do you want to do now? And this is a, I think a key, like we don't have to be an initiative, in, but we could be, what do you, you
1: know, what's, what's your move? Um, I think, uh, with, with this construct kind of calmed down, we're going to, uh, retreat our, um, you know, nanite ropes out of it. Um, and maybe, I don't know if this needs to be an initiative or not, but, you know, before the Sapphire Elf can get to the the system, we're going to try to, like, you know, I'm assuming it's, like, crawling on its little twig arms, so we're yeah. just going to kind of, like, walk over and pick up the system and try to contain it as much as possible. And then, um, I mean, I guess we'll see how the Sapphire Elf reacts to this. Um, but I'm almost imagining, like a, a like, a deep, thankful bow, kind of like a you know or maybe I'll say illuminum and illuminum and illuminum just to like try to get it to kind of see that we're like we're on the same page you know
0: yeah yeah i mean it it definitely is saying the same thing um in a way that's very ha- ha- like not just happy but like hopeful like finally um and it reaches out um it essentially reaches out uh, as you're taking the box the system it's it's reaching out to like touch you Mm-hmm. Um do you let it touch you? Do you want to roll Will to
1: perceive like what what's going on? Yeah, I, I think I would like to okay. roll Will to perceive what's uh what's happening with that touch. I don't know if I trust that touch. <laughs> um okay, nine.
0: Okay, yeah. You should definitely not let it touch you. It is it is nuts. I mean it it is very happy. It is like both earnestly happy you're you're like taking the system away from it and it is going to try to use one of its uh its powers here to basically electrocute you and it would maybe kill you with the amount of damage you're doing
1: so wow, yeah. uh, it's like
0: hi hey, give me a high five
1: uh, <laughs> uh yeah uh sparm senses the or maybe like even like perceives like little crackles yeah, crackle of crackle energy of electromagnetic like that energy and yeah while it's... holding the system and trying to keep it as contained as possible just kind of like jumps back out of reach of the little um, frosty the snowman arms that the yeah sapphire elf
0: has. so these little blue like there's some you know it's all electrically conductive to, to some degree um yeah. and it you know you see this like arc of electricity and it and it just misses you and it's like oh dang goodbye you know you like can't <laughs> really it knows it can't like keep get To you in time, so it's it's still crawling toward you. But you could just sort of step back and step. Yeah, you you have the box. It's very weirdly like holding a box full of jello. But if even if you turn it upside down, it wouldn't like fall out. It would just like change shape a little, like sag toward whatever direction.
1: Yeah, it's like a Um, it's like a frosty from Dairy Queen or.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is actually an ad for Derek. Queen. DQ, eat, eat fresh. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, eat fresh. Uh, that's eat Subway. Fresh. Yeah, yeah uh, that's whatever subject. it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it is It is very odd, and it's nice and satisfying. Um, the Moss Tyrant, like, turns and I think isn't sure, like, in the way an animal is like, you know, like, once you pet a cat, they're kind of like, you're not going to feed me. Okay, fuck off. And just kind of wanders. So it mm-hmm. it's sort of like... Sludge, you know, falls to one side and it's just kind of moving through the room and you get the sense it's going to, in the way animals kind of circle, you know, spiral around it's, it's going to like inspect its territory yeah. now that it's, it's fully, you know, formed. Um, so you are effectively alone. I mean, you're not alone, but you, you could just walk away from these things. So yeah. Um, you tell me, do you, do you want to sort of uh, wrap this up or?
1: I mean, there's a part of me that's kind of like, I want the, mice, the moss tyrant to be my, <laughs> like your pet my pet yeah <laughs> that might be a stretch but yeah okay <laughs> do they do, do you think I could now try tame on it because it would be really badass to ride the moss tyrant out oh that would be awesome of the cave
0: <laughs> uh yeah that'd be a great end credit movie like cue like the big song that the producer sprung for like what is the
1: song that plays as you ride the moss tyrant out of the, the elf crypt cave um oh man what is the song that's a great question um A couple come to mind. One is uh, Danger Zone. (laughs) Yeah. Another is. I don't know why they're all '80s. It's all '80s themed to me right now, but probably because I've been watching a lot of '80s horror movies. Um, Yeah. But what's the song from Wet Hot American Summer where it's like into the fever, into the fire? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I know know what you're talking about.
1: Higher and higher. Like (laughs) that.
0: That's such a weird vibe for the, you know, at night on Giju, you emerge from the cave. Um,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So uh. tame, tame would cost uh, ten grit and take three to four hours, and that is assuming that you can tame this kind of thing, which uh, for the for the the lols I'll, I'll allow. But three to four hours, so it would that would be a montage of like you you yeah. try to lead it away from the the ex sapphire elf and um, yeah. out into the night. kind of work with it outside where it can really you know it's part of the ecosystem that it's Mm -hmm. it's meant to protect basically
1: yeah uh yeah let's go for it i'll spend the 10 grit okay i have one one grit left (laughs) great i then this then the last random encounter roll will be
0: really really awesome Uh, as (laughs) as dawn you know dawn falls on Giju. uh but yeah roll roll 3d4 to see how long this takes that that actually Matters to some degree.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Let me grab a D four out of here.
0: In terms of I, I, how how we'll interpret this here and counter check
1: in that. Okay, three D four. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take four hours.
0: Great. Okay, so we'll just do a standard. So roll a D six, and and for the same, you know, you're in the same environment, basically. Um, do you are you found by the doom reapers or not?
1: Um, I rolled a uh, two. Okay, so... Ah, shit. uh, Roll Will to Perceive. Oh, man. I got a 10. Okay.
0: You see, as you're playing with the Moss Tarrant, which you're getting more (laughs) of a sense of over time, which is both, like, a plant, and that a lot of the time what it wants is, like, proximity to a source of humidity, or... I don't know like it you know it does things that are uninteresting and basically means it's just kind of standing there yeah or like sagging down and it's just like a weird i don't know like puddle of uh crap um and sometimes like a big old dog like you said like sometimes it's a little more active and the there's some reason why you know something about the system um a bunch of trillions of nanorobots like click into place and where it has all this kinetic energy it wants to mm. like spend or whatever so it, it gets the zoomies basically uh <laughs> So we'll say you just had some sort of training bit with this wall, this 12 by 12 wall of like um, by turns, you know, sort of water-like or moss-like and by turns like very steely hard uh, or crystalline hard, I should say, um, kind of creature. Uh, And it is now kind of sagged out and just like not doing much. It, It looks like a fence, a weird fence in the, behind you on the plateau, you're at the edge looking down behind you, uh, also that it's been hours and the refactor is like where is this guy <laughs> yeah. right, but, okay. <laughs> behind you are lights in the distance there's two lights bobbing toward you and they're approaching very rapidly and they do not look uh, bestial they do not look like random shapes they look humanoid mm-hmm. um, so you would see just like sort of the running lights glinting off of two humanoid bluish sort of skeletons and they're holding pretty large objects that are also glinting in the night
1: Swarm made a mistake
0: <laughs> I mean you have time in this moment to be like, okay, bye, and just run away. What what do you want to do?
1: Uh, yeah, I think um Alright, this is a, this this is the narrative reason that this is happening. This is how I'm gonna rationalize this, is that, you know, again, when Sparm made the connection with the with the Moss tyrant, with the with the wall of moss, like there was a there's a genuine uh, uh empathy that happened there, right? Like they Swarm really was like, oh my God, you are me. I am you. You know, like similar. <laughs> yeah, it's like a real <laughs> <laughs> like really felt that presence. Uh which is why they were like, okay, I'm gonna bring you with me. Like you are you are more than just a weapon. You're more than just an object in this world. Like you are right. a living being as I am. We may have been constructed, but you know we're still alive. We still have some semblance of of the spark of consciousness, or whatever, within us. Um, but you know, seeing these lights, kind of knowing that uh, the uh, the doom doom seekers are are probably on the horizon. Um, again, maybe like an ancient or ancestral memory, like it's sparked in Svarm, and is like, "Oh shit, we're in trouble." Uh, Svarm looks at the moss wall and kind of like pats it <laughs> again just like the the hard big dog pat and um you know sheds a single tear from each face so two tears total but just one from each face um bows their heads and uh just like books it down the path is it kind great of like, yeah they look at the system and they say this is my mission and they go we're we're sorry, friend. This is our mission, and uh, just kind of like books it down the path.
0: Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean the moss tyrant does not have like opinions on your actions, uh, but right, like a big a big dog plant thing. It uh, it 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 like gives some last semblance of um like blooping out, you know, a kind of tentacle wave. <laughs> um, moss fan to like high you know kinda high five slap you or whatever as you as you run and you are running away from two Doom Reapers and their Reaper guns um glittering in the in the night, uh rushing through the low moss atop the elf crypts um to try to find you and you are presumably running, you know, just jumping down rocks like, <laughs> ow, that hurt, you know, hitting your knee. And eventually trying to get the attention of uh, you tell me, do you get the attention of the Mulricks and your boss or, or do you just run <laughs> run away? <laughs>
1: Do you yeah, tell I'm gonna, them? I'm gonna try to get their attention for okay. sure. It'll be it's like an Indiana Jones start the plane moment kind of. Yeah, thing, yeah, where yeah. It's like yeah. go get out, go, go, go.
0: <laughs> the Mulricks uh, hop. I mean, they all sort of have now. Um, they mo- mostly I think have been asleep on and off taking shifts, uh, but they are very well hidden by moss. Like they're all just covered. They've they've really adapted to this environment. And really taken on board some of your tactical advice. Nice. Um, also with with loose rocks, a lot of them have found pretty flat rocks um, or made sort of they've made little structures little traps uh they're they're pretty um clever with with you know now that they're they've spent a couple days you know traveling through the north uh and they just explode out and these these sort of moss covered uh they look like humanoid frogs with like um very like 60s hair like kind of like you know uh like race blind everyone just had poof like my dad had like poofy hair oh yeah. yeah so it's it, it's just up
1: you know uh, my dad has an unfortunate blonde perm when he was in yeah. college yeah. in the yeah. 70s where it's like oh
0: it's, it's a real flex that people don't do as much now for whatever reason um yeah for whatever reason for whatever reason <laughs> so they have they have like moss hair and they uh they are rushing immediately in a very like uh as quietly as possible you know as as organized as possible Mm -hmm. um following the sparks you're making sure the sparks here is older you know is able to to sort of get down and um they also care about the pink one but they also kind of are half leaving that to you like you got this maybe there's a couple looks back and croaks of like um they basically say, you know, Shra Shun question mark. Yeah. Uh, and shra is is freezing. I mean, she's just been has a hard time sleeping. Uh Dawn is is going to break very soon, but hasn't quite broken. It's only been mm-hmm. four hours. Um and she uh rushes towards you and asks, you know, did you get it? Sees that you have it, and says, uh, you know, oh this is this is wonderful. We will be able to do so much good. You have no idea how many lives you've saved. Uh do you have my jacket by any chance?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, I'm assuming that I, I, I have it, but <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you have it. It looks like yeah. uh it it sort of can't be folded together anymore. It's just like <laughs> intimate, yeah like blue butterfly kind of
1: thing yeah. farm says we have it however <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> it's like not wanting to own up to it uh uh yeah farm is like this uh this this nanite system is quite powerful and like tries to button the <laughs> the cloak, the cloak around room and it's just like, it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we don't, we don't know what to tell you.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, uh, that is not, not something she would be concerned with if especially if you let her know like hey there's two doom reapers like right up there
1: yeah yeah uh yeah we have your we have your cloak um however we must make haste Um, uh, we have upset the keepers of these crypts excellent
0: um uh in that case uh you know she she just shuts up about the the cloak and is just following you um down the mountain cool um and, uh, you know, I think we could spend some time doing some rolling to get away. We could talk about other things going on. But I think maybe in the interest of time, you know, wrapping this one up, we could say um, this is one short finished, you know, venture. Uh, and I think one question, uh, a few questions remain, which is, you know, do you give over the system, the Illumilum system uh, to Shreshun um, and and this group of Malrakes to bring back to a greater, you know, group of 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 bands uh, to use uh and um i guess other than that i mean do you have any final things you want to do like in this venture canonical? we can always
1: resume the sort of the adventures of Sparm. yeah we can come back to i <laughs> like that the adventures of spa <laughs> sounds like a, a bad pulp science fiction uh yeah yeah novel series that i would definitely read Um, yeah, I yes, farm will will hand over the system to Sharshroom. Um, but you know, kind of like start to and then kind of be like, you must know that this creates living beings who must be treated equally as well. Um, they are not just weapons, they are alive as we all are. And then hands it to Sharshroom.
0: Uh, she she takes it and and thanks you um and you're this is let's say dawn back down in the foothills in the um in this kind of um so there's a sort of you know reddish light at dawn uh and and due to the shading of the the uh the elf crypt um we'll say it dawns in the the west essentially um on this world uh so there's a weird backlit like you can now see you know, backlit, this this great, you know, plateau you've just come down and and you know somewhere out there these Doom Reapers who are furiously looking for you, they they probably have no idea what's going on, right? Or they, they might have gone doubled back and discovered, but at first it was just like a disturbance, like someone who's not supposed to be here mm-hmm. in the plateau. Uh and now you're with your compatriots and, and well hidden and within the moss of the palm moss. And uh you hand it over and Shoshun thanks you and says, um Basically, she, she says she doesn't know how to explain it in spin because we don't really have the words for it, but they're going to use it so that they can, you know, distribute resources equitably among each other. It's some crazy concept. level <laughs> work. But uh, yes, we're going, to, we're going to... The whole point is to let the spark seers and the other... There's Not all the pond churches have spark seers, apparently. They all have hell scientists, we've learned. Don't tell the other refactors. But uh, we're going to let them sort it out. Uh, so what we've really done is just help... At least some of them, or because I guess it wouldn't be all. But anyway, a bunch of them uh, decide their own fate there in the on the border between the south, the woods of the south, and the, the company occupied lands of the Swale and the mountains. So uh, we thank you for that. Of course, uh, no one can ever know any of this. You must realize we both would be rebranded, I mean spaced, like horribly uh, tortured before being spaced uh, if they ever found out. So just uh, just an FYI for your report. Maybe the report says something like, "I was uh, I, I'm senile. I was drunk." Uh, anyway, we'll come up with something fun that I was doing that was not this. <laughs> we have some time to walk back. But thank you. Uh and yes, the the Sparkseer gets the the thing and like looks at it, jiggles it, like, gives it over to a soldier. Soldier bags it in that same bag they put your crap in. It's like a big, heavy bag. Yeah. And uh they, they look and, and they thank you. They croak out, uh and, and the sparkseer says in broken spin, you know, um, we we know your your sacrifice, uh we can treat your wounds, but this, the wound is you've left Piju for up there. Uh, and when you come back, then that wound will be treated. Uh, Some uh, wounds maybe cannot be treated and sort of gestures it like, yeah, you're actually two people who are like a monument to a civil war that happened a thousand years ago. So <laughs> good luck with that. Um, but they're very appreciative uh and yeah i think with that you know i don't i don't have i don't have any more for this but i think we could put a pin in it and yeah i, I love the That's idea of if you want to play a level two swarm, you would level up basically at this point great yeah um this is a little odd because your refactor was on the venture with you which like never yeah. happens so <laughs> yeah. normally it's about do you lie to them but in this case like they kind of know what happens so it's
1: it's yeah, do you both like
0: lie to ever be else
1: we're we're in cahoots for sure uh um, yeah 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 i would say as a as an epilogue i i think that swarm is going to try to find a way to get back to Giju um and to to stay there maybe it's even just like trying to quit the co in some way shape yeah. or form and coming back to Giju in order to kind of take up uh Shushroom's mission of uh helping Molrocks and and unifying Giju once again
0: yeah I mean I think uh I think that would be an awesome campaign that we've no one else has done. So that would be a fun one if you want to explore that on why we roll is occasionally dipping into this kind of macro scale political campaign, but like what would essentially one rogue agent like do, right? Yeah. Um, because you know, it's a big multi
1: front like problem. So yeah. I think
0: that'd actually be super interesting to to try to think about. And we could make up a bunch of crap together and it could all be canon. That would be great. So uh, all right, so I guess with that, um, we should probably wrap it up. And um, you know, thanks
1: for playing StillFit again. I yeah. again,
0: I hope it's been fun uh, for you. It's fun for great.
1: me. Great, great time. I love it. Awesome. Um Yeah, I think you know we'll 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 have an episode where we talk about yeah. the mechanics and everything a little bit more in depth. But I love the system. I think it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, love love playing sparm. Love that I got to try to tame a giant. Semi-conscious wall of of uh, moss <laughs> and lichen. That's pretty sweet. Thanks for listening to Why We Roll. Our theme music is by the brilliant Sam Tindall and Arpline. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on
0: Twitch and what used to be Twitter at Why We Roll. And on Instagram at
1: whyweroll.pod. You can find out more about Dance Macabre at timespaceplace.itch.io slash dance-macabre. You can
0: find out more about Stillfleet at stillfleet.com. Thanks for listening.